Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined by Jerry Hamilton, who is in a car again. This time he's up in Arlington, <laughs> Texas. Uh, went to go see uh, JV and Toviano uh, this afternoon after being in Austin uh, yesterday for the scrimmage. Uh, Jerry and I today are going to talk about the freshmen and how they fared in uh, the scrimmage, or excuse me, the practice yesterday, uh, and what were his expectations versus what he saw uh, in reality uh, coming out of high school until their freshman year at Texas. Uh, but Jerry, let's first touch on some news coming out of Arlington uh, with JV and Toviano, the defensive back uh, that the Longhorns are recruiting uh, in the secondary. Yeah, the big news for uh, from Toviano today was that he had been mentioning the possibility of committing before the season began, which uh, that is next Thursday against Austin Lake Travis in Arlington. He told me today that's not going to happen. Um, he wants to make sure he makes the right decision. So unless he changes his mind, I think this decision is going to go well into uh, September uh, and maybe even into October. Uh, the other news he told me today is he's it's really talking to four schools. And I think that's kind of been reported. He won't say which four specifically they are because he loves – this process and he loves it in a good way he, he keeps it close to the vest and he wants to have his own process um you know the the one interesting thing he said on texas today was that him and sarkeesian text go back and forth on a day-to-day -day basis and i thought that was interesting uh for those that wonder are wondering about steve sarkeesian in texas and Javen toviano they are all in uh they were one of the first schools to offer uh, Toviano, that was obviously through a coaching change. Uh, but, you know, I think he will be on campus in Austin before he makes a decision. I'll say that. Got it. And, and there's four schools, and we believe at least two of the others are A&M and LSU. Yes. Uh, any thoughts on the – is the fourth one Georgia with that or Alabama? Which one I, think it's, I think we're Oregon, possibly Michigan. He, Oregon was his childhood favorite. I think he does want to take a visit out there just to see it. Um, he is close with Cole Martin, um, a cornerback commitment from, uh, I believe, the state of Arizona for the Ducks. So I think that is probably the fourth where he takes a visit, but we, we shall see. Yeah, he's not—he's playing it close to the vest. Good for him. Hey, uh, real quick, the, the interesting thing that you're mentioning here uh, is um, Texas in general and their recruiting uh, as it relates to DBs. Toviano now a priority uh, with Sark. Um, Jerry Hamilton of Inside Texas joining us. Jerry, let's talk about the practice that you witnessed. You and I were both at last night um, and talk about what you saw from some of the true freshmen based uh, versus what your expectations were from them coming out of high school. Right. Um, let's start with the offensive line. Uh, you've been the guy uh, leading and banging the drum as much as anybody that you thought from the very outset, Kelvin Banks would be the starting left tackle for Texas at some point this year. We've all moved up that timeline based on what we saw last night. He is the starting left tackle for the Longhorns right now. Yeah, there's no question. He took every number one rep last night. I mean, if that's not an indication where things are or headed, I don't know what is. I mean, look, this isn't Javen Toviano's recruitment here, right? That's It's pretty much out there. Uh, there's nothing <laughs> hidden. Uh, Kyle Flood and Steve Sarkeesian are trying to get Kelvin Banks ready to go game one, two. And I think that is the right decision. If, if he is the left tackle of the future, and we all believe he is, then get him on the field. We don't don't wait till game three after Alabama. Just get him on the field. Let him give up a sack against ULM. Let him get that stuff out of the way. Let him see a stunt. Let him see a twist. Let don't wait until game three or four. Get him on the field if he's the best guy. And Bobby, I like what you said today. 
because he was he's always been ahead of most high school kids in pass pro. Kenny Harrison, lifetime Longhorn, played for John Makovic, uh, does a great job coaching offensive football at Summer Creek. A really good teacher, really good communicator. So Kelvin's always been ahead in pass pro, and that's why I thought he'd be the starting left tackle. But you said devastating in the run game down the line, and, and I think he's showing signs of that for sure. And, and if he can affect the run game, as a true freshman and right out of the gate, then why is he not the starter? Because he is the best in pass pro. Especially when you got somebody like Bijan Robinson, um, yeah. right? It, it takes, it's one thing if you have a pedestrian back and you can't necessarily right. be a great running team. Uh, but, but if he can affect that then he's halfway home, at least uh, the other freshman that started is Devon Campbell. Uh, Cole Hudson uh, was out uh, with a uh, concussion. Uh, we didn't mention that until today. Now that, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say this. Cole Hudson expected to be back with the team this week. I think he's been cleared for team activities. Uh, probably will practice uh, tomorrow. Uh, the Longhorns are off today from practice, uh, but he is expected back. But in his stead, uh, Devon Campbell started, and I think he acquitted himself really, really well last night. Yeah, well, look, when you talk about the offensive line group, the seven kids that signed in 2022 – which is the best offensive line class Texas has signed in my 20 plus years doing this easily, not even close. Um, he's the best athlete at a bunch. Devon Campbell's the best athlete at a bunch. He's the guy that legitimately you could line up as a defensive tackle in college football, and he wouldn't look out of place athletically. That's how athletic he is. He He's the fastest guy when they test. Um, so, my question for him as far as his timeline coming in was he's a high school offensive tackle that split time at defensive tackle and had designs on actually playing defensive tackle in college for part of his recruitment. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. And then it switched. I want to play offensive tackle. So he's making a much bigger transition than I think people, the majority of people give, give, it, give him credit for. Moving to the interior of the offensive line in college football, um, for the first time, you're really playing guard, and you're lined up against Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy. Every single snap is not easy. It's a difficult uh, challenge. Then you're learning a playbook and learning line calls. And it, a lot of it is foreign to a kid who's played offensive tackle and defensive tackle. So he's learning really quick. But I that's why I think he acquitted himself so well last night. The athleticism showed up for me. The physicality showed up for me. And that means he's not overthinking on the field. And I think that's a good sign for Devon Campbell or DJ Campbell, as he wants to be called now. Okay, got it. Well, that's a good one. We'll start calling him DJ Campbell then because it, he's uh, big enough to be. Uh, he can tell to. us what he wants to be called. Yeah. We're just going to throw it our head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other offensive linemen, uh, four of them ran second team. So of the six that were all on the field last night because Cole, H Cole Hudson was out, all six of them in, in the first, in the two deep, essentially. Uh, uh, Robert uh, uh, Robertson, Connor Robertson out of uh, Westlake ran center. Second team, Malik Ogbo was at left guard. Neto Umiozulu was at uh, right guard. And then right tackle was big Cam Williams. And I can tell you uh, that the people that just saw him, Cam Williams for the first time, they now can appreciate just how big big is. I mean, because that's yeah. that's the reality. 
I mean, I, I said it on Inside Texas in the piece I wrote on the freshman this morning. It, that brought back memories of Leonard Davis and Mike Williams at Texas. I mean, that's just from the so straight size perspective. And he's bigger than those guys. I mean, I, I mean, there's nobody built like Leonard Davis ever. I, I'd agree, but you'd agree with that, Bobby. You just don't see people with that low a body fat that are six six three fifty. But Cam Williams is an even bigger human being. But I'll tell you what. I kind of stuck my neck out there. I think he's going to take over right tackle sometime this year. I'm making the prediction. I I think he is too much of a mover in the run game to not take the position over. Now, he's got to get better in pass pro. He he let somebody shoot through the B-gap a couple times, and that's a big no-no. And Kyle Flood went straight to him and Neto after those plays. Uh, but that's part of the learning curve. But, look. Texas hasn't had guys that can at the tackle positions that could move people in the run game like this in a while. And I think that's eventually why Cam Williams is going to win the job. And I'll tell yeah. you this, Neto looks – none of those guys looked out of place last night. I mean, and the difference is just stark how the size, the broad shoulders, the length of the arms, when those guys are on the field, is such a big difference. And that's not a slide on the guys that are there. Uh, prior, but it's just a different level size human being that's coming into the program right now. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's all fair. Um, I think that you know you look at it, and I was talking about this with Eric, and I, I know I talked to you about it a little bit last night. At some point, why don't you move Christian Jones into right guard and then try Cam Williams? And and what's happening right now is there is a limit to just how many permutations Kyle Flood can try. I mean, there really is. I mean, there's only so many practices. He's trying to figure out who's ready, who's not. I mean, he can't try every single thing more right. than a practice unless he thinks something fits uh, right away. But, uh, boy, Campbell looked good last night. We've said Cole Hudson has looked good. We know that Kelvin Banks looks good. And if Cam Williams is also there, too, that gives him four that might play quite a bit uh, this year. Uh, and probably will, uh, given and, what they think. I, I'm going to throw another one out there. Look, I saw Andres Carrick in high school, and I always thought he would be a really good guard, especially in the run game. Well, if Kelvin Banks has taken over left tackle and Cam Williams looks like he's going to compete with Christian Jones at right tackle, and Jones has played both right and left at Texas, could Carrick move in the guard? Could that help your run game on some level? Because there's one thing you know about Carrick is he will get after you in the run game, and he will open some lanes in the run game. So maybe that's another potential option if Banks keeps coming on as the starter and Cam Williams keeps coming on. Maybe that opens up that possibility too, because I've, I've always said, I, you know, Carrick doesn't have the natural arm length for the tackle position. It's not ideal. But I'll tell you what he does have is ideal toughness to be at guard and, and be a factor in the run game. I think Casey Stuttered even said that last year. You interviewed him before the Texas OU game, and, and, he, and he just called him out by number. He said, we need more guys like that on the offensive line, and I would love to see him get a chance at guard, just see what he could do. All right, Jerry, I want to ask you overall, though. Uh, yep. Two of those guys, top 50 players in the country coming out, DJ Campbell and Kelvin Banks. Yep. Um, on any of them, in your opinion, underrated versus what they were last year, any of them starkly overrated? I think Cam Williams is going to end up underrated even by us, and we had him top 100 in the country, and some people had him as a three-star, which I still find freaking remarkable um, doing this 20 years. Um, but I think he's going to be a guy that's going to exceed 
expectations. Um, I just really do. Uh, just if you just look at the NFL draft, whether it's a guard or tackle for him long term, I just think he's going to outplay whatever ranking there was nationally. I, I, I just really do. I don't think any of these guys were overrated so far. Um, I think one of the big takeaways for me, Bobby, is with Cole Hudson, that that is a real – when you assign this group of offensive linemen, seven guys, right, and Cole was the only guy that came in in the spring, and this is more of a point to all you prospects and parents out there that maybe watch this or tune in, get your kid in at midterm. Uh, you think Cam Williams wishes he had come in at midterm like he could have? I think he would already be the starter at right tackle right now. Uh, Cole Hudson coming in at midterm was a really key deal for his development. Not only did his body change, he lost 20 pounds, put on the good weight that he needed, but he's now a starter at right guard at Texas as a freshman, probably start the opener. Nobody had that penciled in. Nobody. So that tells you how big it is to get in at the mid at midterm and really in those strength and conditioning programs and get in those meeting rooms and get in and compete uh, in the spring of your, you know, should have been your senior year in high school. But I think the offensive line class is really good. I think Ogbo's got a lot of upside ability. I think he's got really good feet. I mean, he may have the quickest feet of all of the guys. And, and you know, and he, he was more of the unknown coming out of high school, right? I told you, in that first practice, that was the one that struck me as like, wow, I think that's that's found money. I mean, yeah. that's a, that I did not expect that from him. Hey, let's move to the defensive line yes. um, because there was a little bit of a revelation there for you and I both last night. Yes. We were sitting together and we were like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> Ethan Burke, yes. uh, young man out of Westlake, saw some snaps with the twos ahead of Jamon Tapp, ahead of Jure Bledsoe, and then he even saw some situational ones. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. In past I yeah, I, I, that was very big news to me. That was you already knew Kelvin Banks was going to take over left tackle. You knew Cam Williams was pushing it right, and you knew DJ Campbell and Cole Hudson at guard. This was the big news for me last night. And my big takeaway was: look, uh, if people on Inside Texas know I went and watched Ethan Burke at a uh, lacrosse practice last spring just because I wanted to see the the athlete he is away from the football field on the lacrosse field. And the kid's got not good; he's got great feet. And he's got great ankle flex. He's got great body quickness, reactive quickness. As you would expect, he's a, one of the top lacrosse prospects in the country who could have gone to any college. Um, I think what is interesting to me was, you know, I think we all fall into a trap, Bobby. And we're not saying Ethan Burke's going to be a freshman All-American. Don't, don't, so don't take this out of context. But I think we, even as long as we've been into the business, we can fall into the trap of, well, he needs time to develop physically. And, yes, Ethan Burke does need time to develop physically. He looks thin lining up against Kelvin Banks or Cam Williams or on a defensive line next to Tavondre Sweat. He's going to look like a linebacker body frame, right? But he's not. He's 6'6 six, six and a half, 240, but he looks like he's 220 out there. But here's where you underestimate a guy that needs to add that strength and weight to his frame. You, he is a physical football player. He really is. And he knows how to use his long levers as leverage. 
And he made plays in the run game last night that I thought were more impressive than anything he did giving Kelvin Banks the most issue anybody did off the edge. Because that's going to be the key for me with Burke, how much he plays is how he holds up against the run. Because people are going to attack him against the run. They're going to see a guy that is 30 or 40 pounds lighter than most guys at that position or 20 pounds lighter. And they're going to see a freshman and they're going to go at him in the run game. But I think he held up really well and he's been really well coached at Westlake. Coach Salazar, Coach Vosick, that whole staff does a great job so that kid understands how to play with extension and use his long levers as leverage, and it showed last night. And when you do that and you have great feet and you have a physical mindset, you got a football player. Probably ranked higher than you, in retrospect, better than you anticipated for first for on-site. Yeah, I mean, he's like Cam Williams to me, Bobby. We had him considerably higher than anybody else in the country. I think it was like 129 is where we ended up, 149 nationally, which is a lot higher. And we're not sitting here tooting our own horn, but we're just talking the reality um, with it. But he's always a guy that I've kind of had circled. Could he outplay the expectation of a ranking? I just didn't think we're going to see it in the first open practice of his college career, honestly, that he was that far ahead. Because when you think about it, you know, that he already came in and zipped right by Tap. Now, neither one of those guys were early enrollees, right? And Tap is a very raw, really good athlete that has a lot of upside. But I think that speaks to uh, Ethan Burke, who he played for, Salazar Westlake, how he was prepared for this moment, really. You know, playing on those teams that want, win state championships and play deep into December, lining up every day in practice against Connor Robertson, or Lynch, who's going to Iowa. It's a different preparation. So he came in from a mental side, prepared to compete from day one. And, and that you mentioned that he played 16 games two years in a row. Yeah. I, I mean, he was hurt a lot his junior year. But yeah, exactly. No, yeah. Well, I mean, I, yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. But you're talking about an extra season yes. where, the, where the prep, you know, yes. really essentially. Hey, um, Tap, Finkley, and Bledsoe. Um, what did you think of those guys physically? Because they didn't do much on the field right. last night. Yeah, I'll start with Bledsoe. He's one of the best-looking guys on the hoof in the program. I, I, the only way I describe him, and I've described him since the first time I saw him at Bremont before he went to Marlin, he looks like the guys Nick Saban plays at Alabama physically. Does that mean he's going to be that player? No, you have to develop. But there's a reason Nick Saban offered that guy, because he profiled to the type of guys that Alabama puts on the football field. And he really is that physically. I was impressed that he's kind of pretty streamlined or they've been able to keep his weight down. He's probably 265-ish. I thought he was going to balloon the 280, 285 pretty quick. But he looks tremendous physically. I think, and he's got the twitch, you can tell. The one thing I think he's got to work on is snap snap anticipation. I thought he was a little slow off the ball at times last night in the, in the few reps he got. And for a twitched-up guy with that much athleticism, I think that's an area he's got to improve is his, his snap anticipation. Justice Finkley's going to battle. Uh, I think he's going to be a quality player at Texas. He's going to battle. I thought the interesting thing with him last night is I know how physical Finkley is from covering him and, and being at the Under Armour All-America game last night. And when Cam Williams put his hands on him, it stoned him a couple of times. I was like, whoa. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. 
And that kind of took me aback on Cam Williams, too, not to go back to that, because I know Finkley's a physical football player. And I think that's where phys- uh, Finkley can help Texas. Is I think he's going to stack up well and battle against the run. I don't expect him to be a difference maker edge rusher, but I think he's going to be a really good player. Uh, Jamon Tapp, again, I just think he needs time. You know, I mean, I went and saw him in high school last year, small school, private school in Louisiana. Um, and that's a guy who's coming in pretty raw as a prospect. He's got all the tools, and that the key f- for him is just going to be developing those tools, developing as a player, having the patience to develop, because he's got a high ceiling if, if, if he'll go chase it. I, I watched him a little bit in individual drills. I thought he had high-level um, lateral and – Yes. At lateral athleticism in, in upfield. Like he had a good first step kind of thing that yep. you could see in drills that really shined a little bit more than say Finkley or Bledsoe. Right. Um, I agree. Let's go, let's go to the wide receivers because they, they have taken on a renewed emphasis, I guess, <laughs> is a, a, you know, since the, the uh, loss of Isaiah Nayor on Saturday, it puts more focus on the two newcomers, Brennan Thompson and Savion red. Um, yep. Uh, Thompson dropped a couple passes early, but then caught two bombs. One from uh, uh, one from Quinn Ewers that was absolutely gorgeous on a little waggle that uh, went deep, and, and Thompson had him had the DB by two yards. Then another from uh, Hudson Card uh, deep over the middle that uh, Card put right in the bucket, and, and uh, Thompson held on to after having a couple yard uh, lead on the DB again. Um, you know they are different players. So right. even though they ostensibly may both be slots at some level, they are entirely different players because Thompson challenges you and challenges anybody vertically. Yeah. So if he's running those plays across the field, he's going to outrun the DB. Um, if he's running deep, he's going to out. I'm out unless you get a hand on him, he's running by you. Right. Um, and it, and I mean the fastest of the fast, he's running by you. And, and so, I, I, yeah, I, Bobby, I think he's got a chance to impact winning without catching a lot of footballs. I, I don't know the way I'd put that. Is if he comes with five, six touchdowns this year, he can put pressure on a defense with his speed alone. And what that does is helps Xavier Worthy, right? And Bijan. Helps Bijan and, and Whittington. Speed alone scares a defensive coordinator because he can beat you over the top. And, yeah, and he all doesn't he's have to be. Do a few of them on tape, right? That's all yeah, he's got. He, he needs to hone his game as a receiver overall. Right. No question. There's absolutely no reason Sark can't use him just like he used Jalen Waddle as a freshman at Alabama. He yeah. has got the same. I know this is crazy talk. He may not have the same burst as Jalen Waddle, but he's got the same speed. Yeah. Um, he is a fast dude. Uh, tell, hey, hey, tell, let's, let's get into that real quick, Bobby. I know we got to go, but let's get into this. So for, just for the Texas fans that maybe haven't seen a lot or don't know a lot or learning about Brennan Thompson now, he's from Spearman, Texas. It's why I made the drive, okay? It's way up there in, in the panhandle. So he's a jack of all trades in high school. He does whatever it takes to win a football game, right? He's never caught passes from Quinn Ewers before, right? That level arm talent in his life. So w- one of the things I noticed with him is, is when he – when he comes out of a break, he's really got to work back to the football. Xavier Worthy does an unbelievable job of that. And the reason I say that is he's he needs some time to get stronger, right, and keep adding muscle to his frame and really learn, like you said, to be a wide receiver. So I think one of the keys for him this year is creating separation out of those cuts and working back to the football so he's not always catching the football with somebody on his back. 
He's he's not always in traffic situations. I think he's going to struggle with some of those plays this year. But I think that's going to be part of his maturation as a receiver. He had a couple of drops last night. I don't think it's a necessarily hands issue. I just think he's adjusting to a new position at a total different level than Spearman, Texas, and it takes time. Yeah. Now, and here's the here's the issue with that: if they can get him on the field in specific spots, right. which Sark is able to do that. I mean, we've seen that he utilized Waddle as a freshman in a smart way. And then you watch those guys improve over time. All of a sudden, you're dealing with a totally different level of player that's been right. developed in the right way. Uh, tell us what you thought about Savian Red, because I thought that was it. You made a couple interesting comments in that article on Inside Texas earlier today. Yeah, I thought Red, naturally, when people see him, it's going to be an initial, he's Quan Cosby, and I get it, but they're different players. That's the, my takeaway is they're different. I thought Quan is a quicker guy with his feet. Maybe his feet were on fire a little bit more and had maybe quicker lateral agility. Where I think Savion Red has a, has something on Quan is he's a, he's really built like a running back, right? I mean, he's got a lower trunk of a 5'11", 200-pound running back. So he's not going to be as quick off the line as somebody like Quan just running just a slant where it's feet on fire, boom. Okay, he's not going to be that for me. But what I think Savion Red is going to bring to the program is a guy who wins battles for the ball. He's going to make the block in the run game. He is going to do things to win his one-on-one -on -one matchup. We talked about it uh, when he when he committed to Texas and flipped. What he he bring to the program, and I think you're seeing that. You're a highly competitive guy, a guy that the Grand Prairie head coach, Tony Tatum, who's coached many years in college, some of those under Gary Patterson, said we had to have him dial back the physicality at times and the competitive fire at times. So that's what this program needs. That's what Texas needs. And when he lines up in that slot, and that ball's coming his way, he's not going to lose the fight for the ball. If somebody makes a play and knocks it away, you tip your hat and move on to the next play, but he's not going to lose the fight for the ball. And I think that's important. And after the catch, he's got to be a running back. He's not going to run away from people. He's not going to juke guys. He has to use those hips and those legs to say, forget your arm tackle. I'm running right through it, and the next guy I'm going to put my head down and run through you too. He, he, he's a guy, too, Jerry, that snatches the ball quickly. Yep. So, so that that helps him become that. That that right. accentuates him. He's going to be really good on the bubble screen yes. stuff uh, yes. in, in that kind of game. I, I can just see him getting that four to five yards on a on a bubble to make it second and five instead of first and ten, right? Yeah. Yeah. And to keep him honest and allow Bijan get a breather in the run game. Um, overall, um, I want to give you my thoughts on Thompson and Red from yeah. what I thought of them coming out because this is a, a important. Um, I sometimes track times don't translate. Correct. Period. Okay. Uh, Brennan Thompson is smaller maybe than I expected when I first saw him that, uh, you know, uh, in person at the first uh, practice. However, his track times translate. Um, what I saw downfield last night says he can get separation at 20 yards. Not it, not I'm not worried about five to ten and that kind of stuff. Right. That's that's gonna come down to route running. But at 20 yards, he's leaving. Yeah. And Sark's offense, that that's a big, big thing. Because if it if he I it's just I that that impressed me because that is rare in football, um, period. So I think he's better than what I thought he was in that regard only. Uh 
Savion Red is just a, I think he's just a nice football player. Yeah. You know, so I, I think he's, he is what we thought he was coming out, actually. Um, he, what are your thoughts on those two? You know, Savion's kind of like the offensive version of Quandre Diggs to me, right? I mean, Diggs may be a little higher level athlete as far as speed, but I just mean, you know, you could line Red up at running back, slot receiver, make him a punt return guy. Whatever he does, he's going to do it pretty well. And he's going to impact winning, right? And you got to have guys that impact winning. The guys that aren't your Xavier worthy, your first round picks. How do those guys impact winning? That's how you go from eight to nine to 10 wins for me. The more of those guys you have, I think Cole Hudson could be that guy on the offensive line. I think he's shown some signs of that in at his position and the ability to play center early on. Uh, but yeah, and I, I agree with you on Thompson. Here's the thing. He creates cushion, right? And people are going to have to play off. And that people are going to want to open those hips and retreat if they've scouted Brennan Thompson a few games in this college career. So then what can Sark do to maximize that speed, knowing those guys are going to be bailing out against Brennan Thompson? I think it's going to be interesting to watch. Um, all right. Uh, talk about a couple other guys. Uh, we didn't really touch on these two much in postgame, but the two DBs that uh, I wanted to touch on were Jalen Gilbo, who started at star. Yep. Um, and in place of Jade Barron, and then also um, Terrence Brooks, who you you made a couple of comments to me uh, during uh, workouts and pregame, or before the real eleven on eleven stuff started, that you really liked how he's going through some drills. Yeah, and for the Texas fans, when the script, when everything got going, I really focused on the lines last night. I mean, six freshman offensive linemen on the field. I, I really wanted to dial in on those guys, but Terrence Brooks. I mean, look, he's he's a well-coached kid. Chet Brooks played in the NFL, right? Was really good at player at AM. and um, But he looks so smooth. He looks so good in all the drills before the action starts. I mean, it, none of it's a surprise. I thought he showed well in the spring game. He's going to have freshman moments. He is a freshman. But I think those broad, he has the longest arms of any DB in the program. And I don't even think that's close. He has a very – he has extreme – he's got like – Puna Ford wingspan at cornerback or DB. It's just otherworldly type of an 80-inch wingspan at DB is kind of off the charts, right? Or is off the charts. So I think his I think his upside's there. I think it's going to be interesting to see where his career takes him. Does he stay at corner? Does he play some safety? Because here's the thing: he can call a defense. He's one of those guys. I mean, he's got all that versatility to him. He, he's going to be strong against the run. Um, Gilbo, you know. Gilbo, I think, plays faster than I gave him credit for, right, coming out of high school. So I looked at his 200-meter times, and I said, well, that's okay. Like we were talking about, some guys' track times don't translate. I think Gilbo plays faster than his 200-meter time or his track times would suggest he does. I think he's just got – when he sees things, he reacts to them quicker than if he's in the blocks running a 200 meters. That's the best way I can put it. And I think he was having a really good summer before a couple of issues popped up. Uh, in spring and summer, and so I, I'm not surprised um, where he is at because I think um, he is he had already kind of made his mark early on at Texas when he got there. I got you. All right, I want to say two last things about Malik Murphy uh, and uh, Will Stone. Those are the other two. I, uh, Murphy is retooling his mechanics. I still think he's a, a really. I think he's a talented prospect. We're gonna have right. to wait and see whether or not he can really throw the ball. With his, uh, with now that he's retooling his mechanics, uh, he did not see action with when it went 11 on 11 yesterday, uh, right. which was interesting. So we really can't uh, talk about it all that much, right? Right. Uh, Will Stone handled the kickoff duties last night and it looked like he was running second team 
field goal kicker, but he did connect on two of three kicks versus Burt Auburn, who connected on just one of three. Time will tell on where those two go. Um, for Jerry Hamilton, I'm Bobby Burton. This has been On Texas Football. Please take us, give us a look uh, at uh, InsideTexas.com, too. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Thank you.